work of life is the work that we do inside ourselves. Responsibility we feel towards the world, like questioning, challenging, say something. Raw and vulnerable and open conversation. That was the best part. Thinking back on how I got here, here meaning, well, currently living in Costa Rica, but having two partners um, that I love very much and having this life that now seems so normal that five years ago I couldn't have even imagined, really. Um, I keep thinking about how much there there is that I didn't know that I didn't know. So those were my blind spots. And as much as I don't want Amory ever to be a podcast of how to, um, how to do polyamory, how to do open relationships, I don't think those are very helpful, actually, especially in this realm, because so much of this learning one has to do for oneself, you know, figuring out what you need and want, figuring out what type of relationship structure works best for you, figuring out what your boundaries are and, you know, what who you are truly um, and how to love yourself like that. All that is inner work. So I feel like sometimes um, I watch Instagram memes or uh, just stuff pop up in my feed that's like really prescriptive around relating. And it just, for me, rubs me the wrong way. So anyway, that's my preface to sharing. Uh, I do think that there there are some things that if you know going into an open relationship or opening up an existing relationship, or honestly for relating at all, like these are really just relationship basics. That's what I'm sharing right now. So, okay, I'm going to give you a little of my history as well, because I'm thinking back on the times where Marty and I had just started talking about opening up our relationship after many years, 15 plus years of marriage, uh, more than that being together. And it was so exciting. Honestly, it was so exciting. So if that's the stage that you're at of just thinking about it, it's like it's energizing, right? You start to feel like this whole world of possibility opening up that you didn't even realize you had shut down. At least that's how it was for me. It was exciting. And also, I was a little ashamed, really, that I was even excited by it. I, you know, I had to get over that, like, am I still a good person? Am I still a good partner if I want to do this? Uh, because honestly, I had based so much of my, my own value, my own personal value on being loyal in my relationship. Like, that meant a lot. Honestly, it still means a lot to me, although my definition of loyalty has shifted. Um, I still consider myself a very, very committed person and I love, I like to love deeply. I like my relationships, um, deep and long. <laughs> uh, that's something I, you know, didn't necessarily know about myself as much before we opened the relationship. Um, I only had a sample size of one, so now I'm working on a sample size of two. Uh, so anyway, I'm going to go back to where I was and where you might be and the things that I wish I knew. Okay, this is my list. The things I wish I knew. I'm going to start with physical things. Um, I wish I knew how to recognize when I was triggered. I bet you thought I was going to say something like physical things, like sexual things. No, <laughs> this that's like the surprise of polyamory in general is that you may think you're going on this sexual adventure and, you know, you may be, but the adventure that you're really going on is an adventure of self-awareness. The adventure of what does it really mean to be a partner, to have a partnership. That to me is the real adventure. 
Um, so the thing I wish I knew about my physical body was uh, recognizing when I was triggered and how to calm myself down and actually to even own my own triggers as places where I was feeling insecure, feeling upset, um, feeling, you know, some people call them wounds, past wounds, um, trauma, like they're, they're just points here, right? And I don't, I didn't have a mental awareness of that. And I think that that's what I see in many people that start to open up that, you know, the curiosity is there, the desire's there. And honestly, the desire to, to do this well is there. Uh, nobody desires to implode or explode a relationship when you're opening it up. Um, but the problem is when we don't understand when we're triggered and then we go and blame our partner. So we take all the bodily sensations that we have and say, you did this, like you fell in love with another person or you were physical or you kissed someone else, you had sex with someone else and now I feel like this and that is your fault. So I'm going to blame you, I'm going to shame you for doing that, I'm going to judge you, I'm gonna make it your fault, all in the efforts of trying to take away these feelings that I'm feeling inside. Um, it doesn't work like that. So without the basic skill set for probably both partners, if you're opening up a relationship, or at least for you personally, if you're stepping into an open relationship, if you don't recognize your own triggers, what triggers you and how to calm your body down, not necessarily how to resolve or heal what triggered you, because that is part of this process. I like to call it emotional, <laughs> emotional exposure therapy you know, like cold therapy, cold water therapy, opening a relationship will expose you to so many more, so much more of your emotional range than you probably experience on a normal day-to-day -day in a closed monogamous relationship. It's not a bad thing, right? It's really not a bad thing. These are probably triggers and wounds and insecurities that have been there a lifetime that just haven't been looked at because they haven't been hurting enough to look at and to resolve. So in many ways, when the triggers come up, that can be a really great, um, I don't know what to call it, like a, a window into what place might need love and attention and support and healing. So if you can approach yourself like that and approach your partner or partners like that, uh, when they're triggered to have compassion, to understand what's going on, and it means that they're not feeling safe, their body's not feeling safe, their emotional body's not feeling safe, they may not be feeling safe with their thoughts and their mind, and to be able to work through that. Now, that sounds simple, just work through that. <laughs> uh, it's not that simple, many of you will know this already. Uh, this, this takes work. So I think that that's why it's really helpful to have a this like base mindset going into this experience that it is purposeful, it is intentional. You're doing this knowing that you you may uncover some things about yourself or about your partner that you didn't know and that's okay. That's that can be really good. And when you go in with the purpose of learning so the purpose of learning and the purpose of growing, which is a very different purpose than if you just got married um, under the normal, we'll call it default monogamous narrative. Um, you got married to feel safe, honestly, to say, I checked that box. I have this person now that I can have kids with. 
uh, or that I can live together for the rest of my life with. They're going to be there until my dying day and vice versa. And that's it. Like check, 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 and check. Now I'm safe. Now I'm safe in the relationship category. That I think that that's the purpose, not, uh, not intentionally, but I think that that's the purpose that many people go into those relationships with. So what opening a relationship does is it totally removes that purpose. Um, not to say that you can't live a lifetime with someone, with your partner, um, but the intention shifts. The intention goes from you, you are here to make me feel safe to you are here to witness me on my growth path as a human and vice versa. And we may be involved in each other's lessons and it may be tricky and hard and that's okay. We can still love each other through it. Uh, one of the best things that I read in Jessica Fern's book, Polysecure, was her heart acronym. And that's her recommendations on how to have secure attachment with your partner or yourself. And one of the, the T actually in the acronym stands for turn towards each other, turn towards each other after conflict. So that means that if something happens, you get into a fight, um, something comes up, one or both of you gets triggered, that you actually lean into each other instead of blaming, shaming, running the other way. Believe me, I was like, I was very much avoidant. That was my attachment style. Um, like run away, <laughs> that hurt, run away. <laughs> Let me avoid this. Uh, now I can see I have a different relationship to Marty and to Kyle and to myself for that matter when conflict arises that I can say, okay, been through this before. I definitely understand it's hard. It's not supposed to be easy. Like that's not the purpose of this relationship. The purpose is growth and this is part of the growth process. So I'm going to lean into it. And I've had to do that again and again and again because it wasn't my natural reaction and in fact, I think where many people can go wrong in the open relationship process is uh, without this framework. If you don't have this framework, if you get into a problem, and especially if you have, by that point, fallen in love with someone else, if you get into an argument with your partner, it, I think it gets really easy to look at the other partner that you're not having conflict with and turn towards that partner and say like, oh, that person's now going to be your safe place in your refuge. And um, and honestly, that's the beginning of the end of, of the other relationship. Um, because if you stop turning towards your partner in conflict and you turn towards a new partner, that's where John Gottman's research comes in. And um, it's pretty clear, it's really clear, actually, that um, it's very destructive in relationships when you start turning towards someone else other than your partner. Honestly, I know because the first year of this, of practicing polyamory, I, I didn't know how to create a place of safety for myself. I was still very much codependent, didn't understand the word, <laughs> didn't understand attachment theory. All I knew was that every time it was really hard with Marty and we got into a fight, I would lean on Kyle. And I created uh, an attachment style with him that way, that he basically became my safe place. And I wasn't doing the work with Marty, or I would be avoidant with the work with Marty. Uh, honestly, I'm very happy, happily surprised that both Marty and I had put in a lot of work. Uh, actually, I'm not surprised. We had already been married 15 years at that point. So we had been used to putting in the work, but I'm surprised that it didn't implode actually when I had another partner to go to 
when things got hard with Marty. Um, that's not my format anymore. I don't, I don't attach to either Marty or Kyle that way anymore, honestly, because I have secure attachment with myself. And that has also grown out of this process of open relating. Um, I speak a lot about that in my earlier podcast. So that was the birth of the self-love journey. And I think I'm just so thankful actually to have had these experiences because I don't think I would have had this this relationship with myself had I not opened up the relationship. Um, it just it just wasn't in my consciousness. So I do think that that's one of the gifts that open relating can bring you because when you can't rely on a partner to create your safety for you, you have to start creating it for yourself. Um, or, <laughs> or you get into another codependent relationship and then you end one and enter in another one. And honestly, we've been doing this long enough and I've known enough people that I do see that happen. Um, that's not to say that that's bad or anything. I think that, that those people perhaps have more of a tendency or more of an inclination for a monogamous style relationship. And, and, and that's great, you know, we all have a different orientation. Some of us are oriented more towards monogamous relationships and some of us more towards polyamorous relationships. And honestly, that's why it can be somewhat easier perhaps in a partnership to have one person that is more, it's just easier to step into this um, paradigm, we'll call it, uh, than others. And it doesn't mean that someone who has more of a monogamous paradigm or orientation can't also be open. It does mean perhaps that that partner might need to move a little slower. Um, they might need more support, um, more validation during the process, but it is possible. And that's another thing I'd like to bring up in the opening up process is it usually doesn't happen at the same time. You're usually going to be on a different pace than your partner. Um, you're probably not going to <laughs> have new, uh, what is it, physical experiences with people on the same day. That's probably not going to happen um, unless you've decided that you're going to be in the same room with people and you're, you know, you're going more for the um, swinger lifestyle. And that's that's possible as well. But for people that end up practicing polyamory, um, who end up falling in love with other people or having emotional attachments with more than one person, it's probably not going to happen at the same time. So being patient, if you are the one that is more inclined to move faster and understand that your partner, part of, part of doing this in a healthy way is also creating a safe space, not that your partner's safety is your responsibility, but if your partner doesn't feel safe, it's going to have consequences on your relationship. And those consequences are real and those are your responsibilities. So really being conscious on how you can move through this in uh, an intentional and consensual way and understand that one person may want to move faster, one person may want to move slower, trying to find a balance and agreements along the way. I know that um, Marty and I really used a lot of communication and a lot of rules for each other, honestly, as we were opening up, which we don't need right now, but that was helpful. Um, I will skip my whole monologue on that, <laughs> but also to, to let you know that in this process, there are phases, there are phases where you are right now is probably not where you're going to be in a couple months and definitely not where you're going to be in a couple years. If you keep heading down this road. 
Okay. I've talked about body and understanding your body triggers. I've talked about the purpose of the relationship and shifting that from one to your partner creating safety for you to an agreement around growth and we'll call it growth and evolution of your relationship. Um, That's a really helpful orientation. I've talked about different pace. If you're at um, in a relationship with someone that's not going at a different pace, how that can, I didn't mention, but it can pay off. If you are um, slowing yourself down a little bit, it can feel a little frustrating, but it can pay off so that the rubber band doesn't break when you stretch it really far, really fast. Um, let it stretch. Let it stretch nicely. Okay, what are the other things? I, I think understanding needs and wants is huge. Many of us are very intimidated to even ask ourselves what we need and want. Most of us in a monogamous relationship expect our partner to know what we need and want and to deliver that to us without having any communication from us (laughs) or vice versa. Yeah, that is not going to fly in an open relationship. It just doesn't work. So you will end up building communication skills along the way. Um, First, though, before even trying to communicate anything, awareness of where you're at and allowing yourself to be wherever you're at, like removing the judgment. If there's something that you need or want, um, being able to admit that and own it, even if it's something that you judge yourself for, we'll call this making space for shadows. Uh, If we keep ignoring the shadows, if we shove them down, for example, jealousy, I'm going to pretend I'm not jealous. I'm going to pretend I'm not jealous. I'm totally not jealous. What's going to happen? That insecurity, that fear, that anger, that sadness is going to come out sideways every which way in your relationship. So admitting that you're having certain feelings, bodily responses, thoughts, uh, fears, um, future projections that don't feel good, admitting it is a really great place to start. There's nothing wrong or bad with you if you feel that or with your partner, if your partner's feeling it that has to be the starting place. So I think this adventure of open relating for me really has allowed me access to the parts of myself that I really wanted to hide. Um, We can't hide anymore. It's going to come out. (laughs) I I remember, oh my gosh, I've worked through so much. I really have. And I have to thank my metamor because (laughs) our metamors, our partner's partners, our partner's interests end up being the, I think, the, the embodiment of our shadow. Uh, or makes us feel real present with our own shadow, you know? And I thanked my metamor again and again and again, um, both to her and uh, honestly recognizing uh, in myself the moments where she brings up something in me that I don't want to see or admit in myself. Uh, And I've learned a lot through it. So I think having these different people in our lives, although sometimes it can feel very hard, Ultimately, if we orient ourselves to that this is a learning process, that I'm doing this consciously, I'm not forced into this, I'm consciously choosing this relationship structure, I'm choosing to go through this, that's really empowering. And you can take that and you can recognize that anything that's happening for you, a physical sensation, a triggered response, uh, thoughts, (laughs) certain thoughts that you may or may not like, Uh, or behaviors that you may or may not like, that if you accept it of yourself, accept your humanity, my friends, we all, we all are light and we all are dark. We are, we are a mix. Um, There is no good, there is no bad. It is just us. 
And I think being conscious and being with that gives us an opportunity to actually create our lives from a conscious place instead of a reactive place. But unless we are confronted with all the places that we're still unconscious and still reacting, um, we'll keep floating by without being able to do that work. So this makes you much more conscious, we'll say much more reactive. And when you look at those places with curiosity instead of shame or blame, um, that's your ticket. That's your ticket to growth. One final concept that I'll leave you with that I think is really important in the open relationship process is the concept of boundaries. Not just understanding them, but actually using them. I have a favorite quote by, oh my goodness, Prentice. I'm not sure of their last name. I will put it in the show notes, um, but it is boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me at the same time. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me at the same time. That's beautiful, isn't it? When I heard that, I actually felt it. I felt it in my bones like, oh my God, that's what a boundary is. A boundary isn't, you're not allowed to do this anymore. This hurts, so you are no longer allowed to do that. That is a rule. Uh, that is controlling someone else, and that's not a boundary. A boundary is, oh, wow. Uh, that situation didn't feel very good for me to be in. So I am going to take responsibility for myself and not put myself in that type of situation again. That's a boundary that I'm instituting for myself. Bo that's usually how boundaries show up. Boundaries are not controlling your partner and not controlling someone else. They are recognizing what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And then using that information to guide future decisions. So for example, if I know that I have a hard time, like I feel drained after being with a family member, uh, if I'm there for more than a day or two, that I know that I have a boundary that I have to institute there. And my boundary may be, okay, Megan, I, you know that you love this person, maybe just take it in smaller doses. Instead of spending two days there, maybe just spend two hours for dinner and, and let it be at that. So boundaries can be around the amount of time that you're with people. It can be what you say yes to uh, or what you say no to, more appropriately. Uh, and I think for me, what I always remember is it comes from a loving place. I'm not being punitive when I'm using boundaries. I'm actually loving myself. <laughs> and the way that I picture it is that I love myself so much, I'm just not willing to do that again. I'm just not willing to put my energy there. I'm not willing to put my thoughts there. I'm not willing to give of myself that way, either to this person or in this situation. Uh, that is a no for me. And the more that I become conscious and aware that I am the only one that is dictating what I do on a day-to-day -day basis, um, who I interact with for how long, and even down to the level of my thoughts, right? I can't blame my partner or even my kids for that matter if something happened and then I lost two, three hours or two or three days because I can't get that out of my head, that is not their fault. That is, that is mine, not fault, but that is my responsibility because I think boundaries are even down to where we put our mental, our emotional energy, our spiritual energy. Uh, that, that to me is now I realize I love myself so much, I'm just not willing to engage in certain things. 
and uh, and it it feels very empowering boundaries feel very empowering because it's not about dictating what another person can or can't do it's about realizing where you want to put your energy your time energy emotion thoughts uh, that's a boundary and then as you navigate your boundaries better you'll see that your relationships get better because then you will no longer be resentful <laughs> for all the people in your life that were taking 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 from you because you were giving <laughs> So when you stop giving when it doesn't feel good and when you institute this stuff, when you start actually shifting and using boundaries where you haven't used them before, do expect a reaction, right? You've been doing the same thing for a while, then all of a sudden you shift and say, actually, that doesn't feel good for me anymore. Whether or not you say that is one thing, but you just stop saying yes to certain activities. Um, you start doing different things. You start spending your time differently. Uh, the people around you are definitely gonna notice. So don't be frightened, surprised if you get a reaction from your partner as you start instituting more boundaries with yourself, for yourself. Describe it as you want to. Um, again, I, I invite you to consider that phrase that boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me at the same time. And that boundaries can and are, can be and are very loving. Uh, and not punitive, they're really ultimately loving so that you can continue to have sustainable relationships in your life. I think that that's the key because if you keep giving away your power, your time, your energy, your thoughts, um, even your body, right? If you're physical and you don't feel like being physical, um, ultimately, if you keep doing that, that relationship is just not going to be sustainable because it's not, you know, you're losing energy. You're not refilling your cup. Um, and maybe energy is flowing one way <laughs> and you're not getting refueled through it. So boundaries are our jobs collectively, individually. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for you. If boundaries are not part of your life or not a conscious part of your life, I'm really, really excited for you to start to get to know yourself in that way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amory. I hope you got some good takeaways from this. Um, as I started the podcast with, remember, I've got a couple spaces open for this new course called Poly Curious. I would have called it a poly support group, except our focus is actually on learning and growth. And uh, that's why we are doing four weeks together. It's a small group that you can feel intimate with and grow together with and not feel embarrassed for wherever you're at, because that's where you're at, my friends. Let me know if this group is calling to you. You can check it out at emerypodcast.com under courses and offerings, Polly Curious, or just send me a direct message and I'll get you the info. So thank you, thank you for listening. I hope this finds you well and um, learning on your own polyamorous or open relationship journey. With love, my friends. Bye.